which is a media company, and their mission statement is spread ideas. Pretty simple, right? It makes sense for a mission statement. But you can think of Nike, whose mission statement is bring inspiration and innovation to every athlete in the world. Of course, they have a caveat, a little asterisk that says, if you have a body, you're an athlete because they want to sell more shoes, right? So they, but you can see how that is their mission statement. Too. And you can see how it kind of probably drives all they do. So right or wrong, the church sees this and then follows suit. And so churches have mission statements. Why? Because we know people can drift. We know people get off track. And so the church gets together and say, well, we want to keep our people, the congregation, on track why we exist as a church. And part of me is like, well, why does a church need a mission statement? It's the Bible, right? It's, it's really clear what a church needs to do. It preaches the gospel and loves people. And I remember I told that to one of my old pastors once, uh, when, actually the first year when I was the lead pastor here, and I was struggling. I was like, well, isn't it simple? We just preach the gospel and love people. Isn't that what the church does? And he looked at me and said, Adam, that's true, but you've got to give people something they can grasp and see how to do that. And that's really what a mission statement does, is it gives something people can grab hold of to see how they can be the church, to see how they can fill God's mission that he's given us through Scripture. And so as you walked in this morning into the lobby, you see a big sign out there in our lobby that has the mission statement of River Valley Community Church, which is the mission of River Valley Community Church is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And when we look at that mission statement, hopefully it tickles your mind and it points says, hey, this is not something that we just pulled out of the air. This is not something that we just made up on the spot. But actually, this is a rewording of Scripture, a rewording, a restatement, if you will, of what uh, the command Christ has given all of his believers in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. And so if you have your Bibles, I invite you to open up to Matthew 28, the, the very last kind of section of the, the Gospel of Matthew. And in your bulletins, and I think on the screens, I, told, I, start, I started in verse 18, but I'm actually going to go back and read verse 16 to set the stage of what's going to happen. And I apologize to Jim because I did not tell him I was changing the screens. So it says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is frequently called the Great Commission. Probably in your Bibles you have that little heading above this, the Great Commission. This is the tasks that Jesus gives his disciples and by his extension all who call upon his name this is what he tells them they are supposed to do with their life and with the church so when we think about this I would sum it up this way Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples the task, the call of this great commission, the call of our risen Lord, because at this point, this is after the resurrection, disciples come to him, they know who he is, they, they, they're beginning to grasp that this guy is not just any other guy, he's the Messiah, but now he's the risen one, this is their God, and so they're worshiping him, and this is the task he gives them, he says, go and make disciples of all nations. 
This is what the church is supposed to do. This is what believers are given from, from Jesus. That the, how they follow him is they go and make disciples. They go and bring people into the faith, and they grow those people in their faith so that they in turn go and bring people to know who Christ is so that they can be saved. That is, that the purpose of the church, the purpose of disciples, is to proclaim who Jesus is. Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. So let's just look at this, this passage in Matthew 28, and we see it starts off that Jesus comes to them, and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And he starts this because the command he's about to speak to them is based on who he is, that he is the risen Lord, that he is, the, he is the Son, the second person of Trinity, who has come into flesh and now has been risen and is glorified, and he has all authority given to him by the Father. And he says, this is why now when I command you to do something, you should listen. That he has been authorized, and now he has authorized us, his believers, to follow this command. You know, when you're going to buy a product, a lot of times you look for that authorized dealer. You go to a store, and they're authorized dealers of whatever product you want to buy because you think maybe they are in the know or maybe they have a better connection to the person who makes that or maybe they, have, they are able to um, help you through this new gadget or whatever you're getting better. They're authorized dealers, right? Well, we're authorized dealers or authorized people of the gospel. We're given the authority by the person who has all authority to go and share, proclaim, preach the good news. We are authorized to, f- to follow this command, to authorized to be representatives of Jesus in this world. And that's why it's called the Great Commission. Because when you think about what a commission means, a, a commission is a formal authorization to perform various acts and duties. Authority to act for or on behalf of or in place of another is a group that possesses or are directed to perform a duty. That's what a commission is. It's, it's, it's basically given the authority to perform a mission representing someone else. And that is what Jesus is doing. He's looking at his disciples and he says, you are now authorized. You have this commission to be on mission for me. And that, what that means is that you're going out to make disciples for me. You're going out to bring people, preach the good words that we have been commissioned. That all believers, when we read this, we should see that this is not just stop with the disciples. It's not just these 11 or maybe it's a bigger group that had come to him on that mountainside to worship him. It doesn't just stop there, but this actually extends to everyone who calls upon Jesus' name. We receive that same commission. Going back to what Lane read earlier in the service in Romans, how can people believe if they have not heard? They hear because people go to share, proclaim, preach the good news of Jesus, and we have been commissioned to do that. And so it says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. We look at that word, go, and we see it as a command. Go! But it's funny, when you look at the Greek Greek, uh, language here, the go is not the command. The go is not in the imperative, which, which is, is where we get command. It's make disciples is the command. Go is almost assumed. It's almost like you could almost translate this, as you are going, this is what you're supposed to be doing. 
As you are living your life, this is what you're supposed to be doing. As you are going about your daily routine, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It's assumed that people are going because everyone's going somewhere. We're going somewhere, and Jesus says, as you are going, this is what you're supposed to be doing. As you're living your life, this is how it looks. It assumes disciples and everyone who comes after are going somewhere, because we are. Which means action is required to follow this command to make disciples. Disciples, when they're on that mountain worshiping Jesus, they actually cannot fulfill his command if they had stayed They have to go. And we, likewise, we can't actually fulfill Jesus' commands if we just stay put where we are in our lives and don't seek to go to where people need to hear his word or hear who he is. We have to go to fulfill his word. We have to go. But the great thing, as I already said, is we are all going. The fact that you're here means you actually get out of your house and so you go places, right? We all go. Whether it's you're going to work or whether you're going to school or whether you're going to the store or whether you're going to hang out with friends or where you're going to go wherever, just down for a drive, we are going somewhere. And as we're going, it means we should be on the lookout for opportunities and chances to actually fulfill the command to make disciples. In the general trend of your life, as you go through life, how do you weave this into your life to make disciples. A lot of people some will think of this command that we see in the Great Commission as something extra. We'll do this with an add-on to life, right, to make disciples. And I think when we look at how we're supposed to be doing it as we go, it encourages us. This is not something extra. This is something that now is woven in and out of all your life. And as you live life, you seek to make disciples of Jesus. As parents... As we go through life, we have opportunity after opportunity to help raise our children in the ways of the Lord and make them disciples of Christ. As co-workers, we go through life and we sit next to people or across the cubicle or maybe across the office with people that we share life with and we have opportunity as we go to share the gospel, proclaim the truth, and raise people in the knowledge of the Lord. Think about your life, and I bet there are people all around you that you rub shoulders with, that you talk to on a daily basis, that you're going along with, that you have opportunity now to proclaim who Christ is through that relationship, but in also bold ways as we seek to go to people. Go to where there's need. Go to where you're sent. Go to fulfill this command because Jesus calls us to be disciples make disciples. And so he says this command, make disciples. It's the main command, make disciples. A disciple is a follower, a learner, a student of a teacher or a leader. It's that simple that a disciple is someone who follows someone else. And here Jesus is saying, go and make people who can become followers of me. It's funny because a lot of times Christians can get caught up in this thought that Christianity can be like a two-tiered system where you can come to know Christ, but I'm not quite a disciple yet. I have to take that step to become a disciple. And we think there's somehow there's a difference between a regular Christian and a disciple. And those disciples are, you know, those really excellent people who have really, you know, sold out for Jesus or something. 
Well, I don't think that's true at all. Because I think every Christian, by definition, is a disciple. Now, you might be a really bad disciple, but you're still a disciple. You're still a follower. Because when you confess who Jesus is, when you seek to, uh, to believe that and know who he is and follow him, right there, you're a disciple. And we all start as bad disciples. We all start as bumbling idiots that don't know the truth, but other people have come alongside us and they direct us in the ways we need to grow. They direct us in the ways we need to, to grow in our knowledge and our practice so that we can follow Christ, but more importantly, embrace the truth of what faith does for us and live in his ways. And so we have this command, make disciples of all nations. This is local and global. Of all nations, we immediately go global and say, and so we know this command includes we send out missionaries or we go on mission trips that we're supposed to expand the kingdom, the church, to all nations everywhere. It's global. It's inclusive. That means we don't just keep the gospel for people who look like us and speak like us. We want the gospel to go to everyone. They might have a different language. They might have a different culture. But the gospel goes and brings those people into God's kingdom. It's inclusive, it's global, and that we should be sending and supporting those who are already there, supporting people in other countries, or going ourselves. We are looking for ways we can help and be involved in this commission globally. But it's also local. We shouldn't get so caught up looking for our fetch far across the, the globe that we forget that we should look next door to our neighbors who need to hear the gospel. And that starts locally, and it's the easiest thing to do to step out our front door and choose not just to run to our car and run back into our car like a hamster scared and go into his cage, but engage the people around us. I'll freely admit, I'm the worst person at doing that because I don't like my neighbors and I don't think they like me. But that's not true. I don't even know my neighbors. So, which is an indictment against me, but it's, a, it's, it's truth that there's a mission field right here, right in our neighborhood, in our workplace, in our school, where we can be on mission for God. That we're called to look around and see those opportunities because Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. And he tells us how this happens. He says, Make Go, therefore, making disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them obey everything I have commanded them, or you. And we see these two aspects, that we baptize people. Baptize, baptism is that entry point into the community of faith. And so he's saying, go, therefore, and actually evangelize people. Preach the good news so that they know who I am and respond to it so that they can come into this community of faith. They can come into my family. They can be part of my people. Baptize in them and who I am. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in God's name. And we bring them into the family. But we also teach them to obey everything that Christ has commanded. That we teach them to not only know who Christ is, but now follow him and walk in his ways and grow in knowledge of them so they can grow in love of him. And so we don't just bring people to know Christ and leave them where they are, but we actually grow them in their ways. And also, we don't just look for Christians so we can train them up to be, to be better Christians. No, we do both are ongoing. 
that we bring new people in and we grow who we are together as a family, baptizing and teaching them in the ways of Christ. That's how we make disciples. Because Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. And he ends it with a great assurance as he tells us, I will be with you always to the end it's a great assurance because it's not like he gives us this command and says, go do this, and then he goes and leaves us by ourselves and says, eh, it's on you guys. No. He gives us his command and says, no, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be empowering you. My Holy Spirit will be with you. You will have my power as you go out and do this. It's not on you, but it's you be faithful, and I will produce the fruit as you preach the good news. That this, this is an assurance for us because we know we're not alone. Because if we were alone, man, we would have no hope of fulfilling this mission that Jesus has given us. Right. I tremble in my boots talking to people about who Christ is sometimes. If it was me, that's where I'd probably be. But Christ is with us as we move forward and fulfill and be faithful to his command to preach right. the good news. That just reminded me... I, so I used to do uh, ministry when I was in college to junior hires, and every single time I was a college student, I would drive to a junior high, and I would sit there in the car, and I would be just petrified. <laughs> because I don't know if you know this, but junior hires are scary. <laughs> and I was a cool college student, but these guys are scary. And the only reason I would have even confidence of getting out of that car and sitting down on lunch or, or associating with people in this junior high was because I knew Christ was with me that I was not doing this work on my own, but he was working through this because Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. So when we say this, look at this commission and say, how does this apply to us and to River Valley Community Church? It's, just, it's a call for us to live on mission as disciples who make disciples. And we can look and say, it's a corporate call. That's why our mission as a church is based off of this text, that we're leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, that we're pulling people in, and we're hopefully leading the ways of Christ, growing them in the knowledge of Scripture so that they, in turn, can be fully devoted disciples of Jesus Christ. It's a corporate call for us as a church which means that everything we do should be guided by this great commission. That on Sunday mornings we preach the word. Why? So that those people who already know who are disciples can grow in their knowledge and in their comfort and assurance of who God is and follow him. And that any guests who don't know who Christ is can hear the gospel and respond and then grow in the knowledge of him. That kids are being taught the ways of the, of the word and of Christ in our kids' wing, and that everything we do from Bible studies to discipleship programs are based on the Word of God so that we can grow as followers of Christ. That's what we do as a church. Everything is geared to follow and fulfill this mission. So we have to ask questions. How can we do this better, and how are we doing it, and how are the individual members of our church helping us fulfill this mission that God has given us. So when you think about corporate, if you're a member at River Valley Community Church, I ask you, think about how am I helping this church, this body, fulfill this mission? How am I involved in the ministries myself and leading others in the ways of Christ 
in this church. And then personally, for it's not just a corporate call, it is a personal call to every single Christian. If you know Christ, this command is for you. And so how are you in the, in the normal ebb and flow of busyness of life, how are you seeking to stay on mission for Christ? No, it's not, you're going to mess up, you're going to stumble, you're going to fail. That happens. We all do that. But knowing that Christ is with you and he gives you the power and the, and the courage to step back up and try again to be on mission for him. How are you personally fulfilling this mission? Because Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. And so when we look for at this church, and, we, and I dream about what we could be as a church, and we're looking and it's like, oh, it's so exciting because we're going to start going through the book of Acts, and this is the church expanding across that, that world at that time and how that should encourage us and actually and, and, and entice us and energize us to, to see, hey, we should be expanding across the world of our time and our, across our community, and how can we do that as a church? And when I, when I dream about that, I, I dream about what a, a, a small congregation like us could do, which is not limited to us because it's God who's behind it, and it means that we should be inviting people not only into our community, but we invite people into other godly churches that we know around us and say, be in church, hear the word of God, that we seek personally to proclaim who Christ is to everyone we know who needs to hear. That doesn't mean you go up to him and hit him with a Bible. No, it means you develop a relationship with someone and you care about them and you hear their story so that you can share how God's story interacts with their story so they know that he is the solution to everything that they're feeling that's the angst inside of them. And so we proclaim the good news of Christ to them. And that means we need to be a sending church, that we support missionaries, that we send people out on mission trips, that we're sending people across the street as well, across uh, um, um, country lines and across oceans to preach the gospel or help those who are preaching the gospel in their context. That's why we support, you walk in the front door, you see the different missionaries that we support globally. You, you see, you see uh, the LAMP team in Guatemala, and you see... Um, 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 those other people we support that I'm forgetting. <laughs> yes, and you, you see LEI, you see Ted and Emily and how, how they, they are local, but they also go, they go global and they help so many churches across this, this whole world come to teach the gospel through helping people read. We see the Young Life and, and locally that we support an organization that preaches the good news to high school students that would never go to church. And you see all these things we support, but that's not where we're limited because then we go and we don't just support them, but we are sent out. You are sent by this church to go out and live your life on mission for Christ. But then I think and I dream further and I say, how cool would it be if we got to be a church that actually could plant other churches, that we could raise up people in our body that grab this feeling of weight, Maybe a church in this neighborhood or, or in this community needs to be planted and I want to go and we could raise them up and train them up and send them and give them our best people to go start a church and dream what could happen. And I think about all those things that this church, even though we might be smaller in size, but we could be on mission for God and fall in the Great Commission as Jesus has commanded us and what we could do as we trust in him. Supporting 
sending and living on mission individually because we know there are people out there that need to hear who Christ is. Because we know there are people who do not know Jesus Christ. And because of that, we believe and know for sure, because the Bible tells us and Jesus tells us, that they will forever be destined to be away from him for eternity. And yet he uses us. He can use us in our feeble explanations and proclamations of the gospel for his spirit to move in someone's life and bring them to know who he is. So we're called to be on mission because Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. I want to end just with a little excerpt from this book called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. It's about a, a guy who was born Muslim and he became a Christian while he was in med school. And this is his account of what changed after he, he, he became a Christian, realized Jesus truly is God and the Son of God and the Messiah. And he steps out of his apartment and he says this. He says, Then I saw something that I had seen countless times before, a man walking down the sidewalk towards the medical school. But it was not all I saw. Although I had an idea of who this man was, I knew he had a dramatic story. Replete with personal struggles, broken relationships, and splintered self-worth. Taught by the world that he was an outcome of blind evolution, he subconsciously valued himself as exactly that. A byproduct of random chance with no purpose, no hope, no meaning except what pleasures he could extract out of the day. Chasing these pleasures resulted in guilt and pain, which caused him to chase more pleasures, which led to more guilt and more pain. Burying it all just beneath the surface, he went about his day with no clue how to break the cycle, how to find true hope. What I saw was a man who needed to know that God could rescue him, that God had rescued him. This man needed to know about God and his power. Did he know? Did he know that God loved him from the foundations of the earth with a power far exceeding the immensity of the cosmos? He turned all of his attention to creating that man and declared, you are my child, I love you. Did he know that God made him exactly how he wanted, knowing each hair on his head and each second of his life? God knew full well what the hand, that the hands that he, made, that he gave this man would be used to sin against him, that the feet he gave this man would be used to walk away from him. Yet instead of withholding these gifts, he gave him the pre- most precious gift of all, his own son. Did he know that God entered the, into his world for him to suffer in his stead, received from slaps and fists by the very people he came to save? He was scorned until his skin fell off in ribbons, only to be pierced through both arms and feet, nailed naked on wood for all to ridicule. He scraped his skinless back on splintered wood with each grasping breath, his last breath finishing the task of rescuing us, of securing our eternity with him. Did he know? Of course not. We have to tell him. When we go out in our world, we see countless people who do not know Christ and who do not know. We should ask ourselves, do they know? And so we should tell them. Because Jesus calls us to be disciples who make disciples. Join me in prayer. Dear Father, thank you so much for your word. Your word that explains the truth of who you are and of who Christ is. Your word that shows us the way in which we can follow you. The word that shows us how it's not about how well we follow or how good we are or how even good at evangelism we are, but it's how perfectly you loved us and how perfectly Christ lived for us and how his salvation that through that cross saves us. So Lord, let us look upon the salvation we have in Christ and be moved 
not to hold it for ourselves, but to share it with everyone we know, to proclaim this good truth to people so that they too can know. Let us heed the call given by Christ to make disciples, to share, proclaim, preach the good news. However that might look in our own personal lives, take that step to be used by you to be on mission for you. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.